Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. And welcome into 2022, everybody. How we doing? Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope your Monday is going well and that your New Year's festivities were uh, were a lot of fun. And I know Sooner fans had fun, of course, at the Alamo Bowl. How about what Oklahoma State did? Unbelievable. No doubt in my mind. I know Mike Gundy said it afterwards, too. I was thinking the same thing. That is the biggest win in the history of Oklahoma State football. When you beat a storied program like Notre Dame in that fashion, Notre Dame had been 79-0 and when leading by 21 points or more in their illustrious history. And the Cowboys come back and win that game. Major props to Oklahoma State on that victory over the Irish in the Fiesta Bowl, just unbelievable. The Rose Bowl was incredible with Utah getting out to the big lead against Ohio State. Buckeyes coming back. Cameron Rising got hurt for Utah with about 10 minutes left. Uh, that probably played a role, obviously, in what happened to the Utes down the stretch. But we had some good bowl games. The The semifinals are, uh, well, they're the, the college football playoff semifinals, owned by Alabama, owned by Georgia, I had talked myself into thinking that at least Michigan had a chance against Georgia, but Parker, uh, it was all Bulldogs and it was all Bama in the semis. And how, I mean, Mike, just how appropriate is it, based on everything we've witnessed in the college football playoff era, how appropriate is it that in the one season where we figured we had more parity than we'd ever had for a decade going back. At the end of it all, we have Alabama and Georgia playing for a national title. We can't have nice things, Mike. No, no. And, you know, for the people who were saying, oh, man, this proves that we should go back to the BCS or we don't need to expand the playoff, I I totally disagree with that. The more meaningful games, the better uh, when it comes to the bowl games. I know we're getting opt-outs now and all of that stuff, but I still look. It's football we still get bowl games, and, uh, you know, we still had enough entertaining bowl games. We just didn't have them in the semifinals, and we'll see what happens in the uh, national championship game a week from tonight when Georgia and Bama uh, battle there in Indianapolis. All right, but Parker, first of all, uh, welcome in, everybody. Thank you for joining us, and Parker's back in studio today. I would normally be back there with him today, but guess who got uh, a visit from Omicron? Yeah, this guy right here. So I'm at home here at Shea Stadium. Luckily, uh, we we have the equipment to pull this off at the ref. And uh, so, again, I don't feel horrible. I'm double vaxxed. I get the booster as well. So I have three. I've been poked three times. But uh, I got, you know, this Omicron is uh, so contagious. And I don't feel horrible. I just feel irritated, if that makes any sense. Like a little bit of a sore throat, kind of a runny nose, a little bit of difficulty breathing, not a lot. But uh, certainly don't want to be around anybody right now. And I'm trying to stay away from Shea as much as I can. So far, so good there. But uh, I may sound a little bit different today. But Parker, we get to talk about, of course, Javante Barnes over the weekend. You had talked about it. Your crystal ball prediction was Javante Barnes would wind up at Oklahoma. He did make the announcement at the uh, All-American game on Sunday. And not only that, you know, Sooner fans, he, he's not just committed. He's signed, sealed, delivered to Oklahoma. So another big get for Oklahoma in that 2022 uh, recruiting class. That's right, Mike. Javante Barnes, the big ad for the Sooners yesterday via the recruiting trail. And as you mentioned, this was one that uh, most Sooner fans had been waiting on, expecting for quite some time. And then the big ad today, Mike, and I don't know, know if you've even seen this yet. This is just official as of about seven or eight minutes ago. Todd Bates is coming after all. 
He's going to be your new defensive tackles coach and co-defensive coordinator ah, there we at go. Oklahoma. So the Sooners are one uh, co one coach, one spot, one role away from having a complete staff under Brent Venables. Todd Bates, of course, coming on as defensive tackles coach and co-defensive coordinator, and that means the lone remaining vacancy is at cornerbacks. And there are a lot of clues right now as to who the new cornerbacks coach is going to be at the University of Oklahoma, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at this. If you're a member over at OUinsider.com, it's no secret to you who the cornerbacks coach is going to be. That vacancy should be filled here in the next week or two, and Brent Venables will have his first staff as a head coach completely filled out. Well, uh, let me ask you this without giving out any names, and you told me about this a long time ago, kind of off the air. D does that school say share the same jersey color as Oklahoma's? <laughs> yes, Mike. Yes, they do. Okay. All right. Well, I think people can figure it out. So go check out the staff. You know, there's an Internet out there for you where you can find pretty much anything. All right. Uh, thank you to our friends uh, at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We had Tim on recently. Great Sooner, great company, sponsoring our first hour. We want to hear your uh, opinions today on the bowl games, on Caleb Williams, on the Sooners recruiting class. You can do that on our Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405 651 3439. That's 405-651-3439. So, Parker, uh, this 2022 class now for Oklahoma, since Brent Venables came aboard, correct me if uh, if I'm leaving somebody out, Nick Evers comes, decommits from Florida, the Texas high school quarterback, coming to Oklahoma, Jaden Gibson, the four-star wide receiver from Florida, also coming to Oklahoma. They flipped Kobe McKenzie back from Texas, and Kobe McKenzie's tweeting out, wait, wait a minute, guys, we got more people on the way. Uh, they got Jaron Kanak enrolled at the University of Oklahoma, the former uh, Clemson commit from Hayes, Kansas. They got Alton Tarber, who had been committed to Georgia Tech, the 300-pound-plus defensive lineman from Florida. Through the transfer portal, they got uh, McCabe Mattire, the offensive lineman from Cal, and Daniel Parker, the tight end from Missouri. So th that's the way you not only – you know, hold a class together, but actually add to it. It's pretty remarkable what they've done in saving and, and making this a very, very good 2022 class, considering how it might have turned out. Absolutely. And I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, Brent Venables and this staff, when they got in, Mike, their immediate objective before they did anything else was to stabilize the University of Oklahoma's recruiting efforts. That's why you saw Venables and his entire staff on in-person visits the second they were officially hired, right? And that needed to be the priority because, you know, you hear Brent Venables talk about how important it is to recruit your own players day in and day out. But at the same time, you got to have an eye towards the future. And if you're Brent Venables and you're trying to have a school and a program that's going to be ready to compete in the SEC two or three years down the road, it is of the utmost importance, right, that you compile a recruiting class that doesn't leave any meat on the bone. And so they did a fantastic job addressing the holes that were already there. They were going to need an insurance policy on Caleb Williams after Malachi Nelson decommitted and the rumors of Williams to the portal uh, kind of started to swirl. They get that in Nick Evers. They get the receiving weapon and a sizable one in Jaden Gibson. And now you see him starting to stock up on defenders. And I tell you what, down the stretch here, Mike, 
they're going to be some defenders, and you've seen Oklahoma offer some dudes here over the past week or so. There are going to be some recruitments that are worth monitoring. You think about Kevontae Henry, the linebacker who's currently committed to Michigan. Think about Jalil Florence, the defensive back that was committed to Oregon, and Grayson Halton, the defensive lineman that is still committed to Oregon. Oklahoma's going to make a big push for a lot of defenders here down the stretch, and you'll see them host some guys on official visits in the month of January. And... Mike, you don't, you never want to get too ahead of yourself and you try not to get too optimistic about these kinds of things, but it looks for all the world right now like Oklahoma is going to close this cycle with a top 10 class, which is unbelievable if you considered where they were at 48 hours after Muleshoe walked out the door. Yeah, no doubt about it. Incredible. And it looks like, as you said, uh, there could be some excitement in the spring uh, signing class. The early signing period, usually, you know, to borrow a phrase from uh, Beck or his song, Where It's At, that's usually where it's at in the early signing period. The Sooners did well, obviously, to hang on to uh, some of the guys that they were able to keep and then add to that class. Very impressive, but could be a lot more on the way in the spring, which could be very uh, interesting to see how it plays out for Oklahoma. Speaking of one guy who helped again, that was Bob Stoops, who got his victory in the Alamo Bowl. His son caught a touchdown pass. It was a great night for Bob. It was a great night, very therapeutic, cathartic night for Sooner fans to see the victory over Oregon. And then you had the passing of the visor afterwards in the postgame podium. Bob Stoops passing his visor to Brent Venables. Bob was on uh, with T-Row and TJ early this morning, and he talked about that moment, the passing of the visor. Was the visor moment planned, Coach? Not at all. I got to thinking, I hope Brent's still around here. Actually, when I started up the steps, I asked somebody to go find Brent. And I just thought, why not? You know, this is a perfect moment. Show the players. Nothing's changing here. We just played well. Take my visor off, give it to Brent, and let him roll with it. And he, he's going to. Although I think Brent's more of a hat guy. But that's okay. <laughs> well, he's going to have to be a visor guy now that he's a head coach at the University of Oklahoma, right? It's it's only right. I'm with you. And uh, I, I just, uh, Mule Shoe never deserved to wear that visor. He, he should have worn like the court jester hat or I, I don't know, some, a clown hat, whatever clowns wear. He didn't deserve to wear the visor. He did not like one of those, deserve one to of those wear hats the visor. With, the, uh, with like like the propeller on top. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, no doubt about it. But uh, man, it sounds like is Bob. All right, is that from the game or is that from? Uh, is he dealing with the variant also? Oh, who knows? He he probably was just a little hoarse, right? You're on the sidelines Maybe. yelling for three hours yeah. for the first yeah. time in five years. You, you'd probably be a little hoarse too. Probably, probably right. All right, we got a lot more to talk about. Mike Steely, I'm here at home today. Yes, it's about number two with the Rona for me. But I, I will say this: this this Rona so far has been the 98 pound weakling. I, I kind of fought a middleweight, kind of a tomato can middleweight the first time around, and this one's like been like Pee Wee Herman so far. But I, I shouldn't say that and curse myself uh, right here. But so far it's more, you know, just irritating than anything else. So anyway, thank you again to last year home comfort systems. Good to be with you here on the ref on a Monday ushering in 2022. When we get back, what is going on with Caleb Williams? What about these rumors? What is really happening? We'll try and get into that and sort it out for you. When we get back on the home of Sooner fans, the ref, keep it right here. 
This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. Will he stay or will he go? Caleb Williams, we're talking about. Welcome back. Steel Man and Thune here on the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans on this uh, Monday, our first broadcast of 2022. And, uh, well, Parker, what do you think? What do you think's going on with Caleb Williams right now? Just thinking through the process? How are you feeling? Well, here's the reality, Mike, and here's what everyone needs to square with. Portal does not mean gone. Right, and we we all should be real clear on that because we saw that with Theo Weiss last month. Right, he hits the portal a couple weeks later. He decides, you know what? There's no better place for me than Oklahoma. I'm gonna stick it out here. So the reality is, Mike, if Caleb Williams decides to enter the portal, and obviously there's a very good chance that happens, it is important for everyone to acknowledge and come to terms with the fact that him entering the portal does not mean he's going to be playing football elsewhere in 2022. Obviously it could, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And so I I want everybody to kind of <laughs> begin to prepare themselves for the worst case scenario, which is obviously that Caleb Williams decides to hit the portal if only to evaluate his options, talk to coaches, and kind of get a sense for what all is on the table for him. Because what I don't want there to be is this massive freakout when Caleb Williams enters the portal where everybody assumes, oh, well, he doesn't got that OU DNA. He's gone for good. Say goodbye. Bring on Dylan Gabriel or Cameron Ward or what have you to try and fill the void until Nick Evers is ready to go. Now, Again, there's a chance that Caleb Williams is in a different uniform in the fall of 2022. But until that happens definitively, we should operate and everybody should operate under the assumption that Caleb Williams is going to be back, even if he does explore his options via the portal. And I just want to emphasize time and time again, nothing is set in stone here. Okay, And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it is. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have some insight that nobody else does that's telling me, you know what, Caleb Williams is going to be back one way or another in the year 2022 playing football in the Crimson and Cream because that is not my place to say. That's not anybody's place to say. But with that said, there is a process here. The Williams family is going to engage the process intentionally and deliberately, and that may involve entering the transfer portal. And we may see that happen. And if we do see that happen, here's another thing that is important to understand. There are going to be those that try and equalize what Caleb Williams does with the mule shoe situation, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not even close to the same. Because for everything that he has done for the University of Oklahoma and the football player that he is inherently, Caleb Williams has a career and a lifetime ahead of him that he's got to be on the lookout for above all else. Right At the end of the day, Caleb Williams has two more years of college football, potentially three. I mean, maybe something happens like it does with Spencer Rattler where it extends his collegiate career beyond what everybody imagined uh, it would take. But at the end of the day, Caleb Williams has two more years of college football at the very least, and then he's got an NFL career ahead of him. And if he doesn't feel like Oklahoma is the best place – for him to 
prepare for a future at the professional level, then by all means, he should look elsewhere and he will look elsewhere. And you would hope that Jeff Lebby and Brent Venables and the button pushers at the University of Oklahoma are going to do everything that they can to try and convince Caleb Williams that Oklahoma is the best place for him. But at the end of the day, if that's not what he feels and he thinks there's an option out there, whether it be Auburn or Georgia or Notre Dame or what have you, Mm -hmm. that gives him a better opportunity to elevate his game, then you can't fault the guy for wanting to go and explore that possibility via the transfer portal. So well, and we hey, we had Brandon Drum on, um, you know, Friday, and I know you were you were coming back from San Antonio. And Brandon said it's not about the NIL. Do you and agree? it's not one hundred percent, one hundred percent with that. It's not because look, Caleb Williams and his family are doing this the right way, and they are aware that whatever Caleb Williams is going to make via NIL at the collegiate level is pennies on the dollar compared to what's on the table for him if he's, say, the number one overall NFL draft pick in the year 2024, right? And so uh, you would be kidding yourself if you said NIL was completely irrelevant in the conversation because naturally it's going to come up, especially when you have a, a player of Caleb Williams' stature that's the subject of all of this. But it is by no means the driving force, and anybody that says yeah. otherwise is misinformed because this is about Caleb Williams' future on the football field and about what he can become as a professional way more than it is about whatever NIL opportunities are on the table. Well, does that mean if you're uh, Oklahoma uh, fan out there, as many of our most of our listeners are, uh, and I think a lot of fans nationally would like to see Georgia beat Alabama because, you know, what what is the uh, argument going to be if Stetson Bennett struggles and JT Daniels, you know, even if he comes in and struggles and Bama wins by two touchdowns and beats Georgia again, extends that streak they have over Georgia, everybody's going to be saying, yeah, well, quarterback is the issue for Georgia. Man, if they had Caleb Williams, that could be different. Todd Munkin's been in the NFL too, right? So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much relevance that national championship game will have, but it's going to have some, won't it? Well, and if Kirby Smart loses another national championship, that might be enough to make him reevaluate the way that he has treated the quarterback position in years past. Because let's not forget, that's a dude that ran off Justin Fields to keep Jake Fromm in the starting role. Mike, Georgia has never had an elite quarterback, at least if you think back this Matthew century. Staff- I mean, I mean, you're, well, you're talking about, yeah, if you Ma- want to go back that far, Matthew Stafford. Matthew somebody, Stafford's but, the best of them. And even those yeah. Georgia, I mean, they were good, but they weren't elite with Matthew Stafford at the helm. Obviously, the University of Georgia has never had a quarterback of Caleb Williams' caliber. And so, if they were to lose another national title to Alabama for the second time in five years, maybe that is what causes Kirby Smart to pause and take stock of the way that he has recruited and developed and evaluated quarterbacks and say, you know what, if we're going to get over the hump and if I'm going to be the one to dethrone Nick Saban, I'm going to have to quit throwing walk-ons out there. And nothing against Stetson Bennett. He's been he's been more than serviceable for the Georgia Bulldogs. But the reality is, if you're going to dethrone Nick Saban, right, if you're going to beat Nick Saban with a national championship on the line, what you're going to have to go and do, Mike, 
is get a guy at the quarterback position that can elevate the offense to such a degree that it can go and win you a football game as opposed to merely not losing you a football game. You take a look at the two guys, My well, I mean, shoot, you take a look at the one guy that has beaten Nick Saban in a national championship setting. It's Dabo Sweeney, and you know who his quarterbacks were in those couple instances? Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, Georgia's been a defense and running game. You think of the uh, the Oklahoma game. Jake Fromm was the quarterback then. He was a freshman. They had obviously Nick Chubb and uh, DeAndre Swift and uh, Sony Michelle. Obviously, it was mainly uh, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. But yeah, maybe he does do that. Speaking of, if you think Georgia is the one school, because Brandon said absolutely USC would not be a factor too, because no. you know Lincoln Riley Muleshoe left him after promising he was going to be at Oklahoma. So enrollment date, the way I get it at Georgia is January 10th. Enrollment date for Oklahoma, what I'm seeing is January 17th. That's right. So those are two key dates. To uh, and I think the semesters begin, you know, maybe a week after both those dates would be my guess. But people are going to be looking at the database and seeing, you know, where he's enrolled, if he's enrolled, all of that stuff. It's going to be a, it's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of detectives and sleuths out there trying to find this information out. Here's the bottom line, though: if Caleb Williams, like you said, if we get the tweet comes out and there's better than a fifty percent chance right now that it's going to come out, right? Because if he really wants to explore his options, none of this stuff is supposed to be happening with any other school until he's in the portal. Now, do I believe that is not happening right now? I don't. I think there's some of that happening. And it can be the same way that Muleshoe Muleshoe'd everybody by going around, you know, and not talking directly to somebody but having other people talk. I, I don't know that there's a lot of that going on, but if that tweet comes out that you were talking about and he enters the portal which doesn't make it a done deal it really shows hey guess what guys we are going to explore and if we want to really and truly explore it the way we we should for caleb williams future we've got to do it this way doesn't mean we're leaving oklahoma and if he gets absolutely destroyed by oklahoma fans for that that's not going to be good. No, it's not. That and is that's, not going to be good. That's another thing that everybody needs to be cognizant of, right? If you hit social media prematurely and you're slamming Caleb Williams for wanting to get in the portal and take a look at the options on the table for him, that doesn't do the University of Oklahoma any favors, right? No. By the no, way, if he, get, if, he, if he gets hammered and ratioed, and look, I, don't, I, I, I haven't seen many that have been ratioed like Mule shoe has, and he doesn't care. He's laughing all the way to bank. He, well, he cares. USC cares because they've turned off the comments on everything, and I, I think he cares to an extent, but not not that much. But the bottom line is this: that that's not going to serve your purpose. If your purpose is to have Caleb Williams stay at Oklahoma, then you need to be, you know, not freak out about it. And you know, the bottom line is it. it wouldn't you say there's a better than 50% chance of that happening based on what we heard? I was surprised at what we heard after because there was a lot of, well, we'll see what they do instead of what we do. Or, you know, it was more of a, a kind of separating himself from the University of Oklahoma is probably too strong of a way to put it. But there, it felt a little bit like that with kind of the phraseology he used in some of his comments. No doubt. Did you feel that way? You know, well, yeah. And look, I think the reality of the situation is that Caleb Williams, and this is 
<laughs> this is not something exclusive to Caleb Williams, right? Um, this, I think, comes down to the fact that Caleb Williams wants to know that Oklahoma wants him as bad as he wants to stay at Oklahoma. And if he's not getting that vibe from Brent Venables and Jeff Lebby and the coaching staff and he's not, he doesn't feel that he's being prioritized to that degree, then yeah, yeah, I mean – it makes all the sense in the world for him to hit the portal. By the way, uh, text me the Air Comfort Solutions text line uh, asking, Parker, wasn't Brock Vandegrift rated higher than Caleb, and is he not still in Athens? Obviously asking if that might interfere with Caleb Williams' plans uh, to go to the University of Georgia if he were to an- enter the transfer portal. Here's what I can say about the Brock Vandegrift situation. Uh, based on people I've talked to around the uh, Georgia program, Brock Vandegrift has been less than impressive. And, in fact, one source I I talked to said they will pay for his bus ticket if he wants to get out of town. That's wow. how, how less that? than impressive Brock Vandegrift has been. So, no, I do not view that as an impediment to Caleb Williams potentially landing at Georgia via the transfer portal. Yeah, and here's the deal, people. Look, I would love to see Caleb Williams come back. I, I think he's extremely talented. I think he's a bright kid. I think he's a good teammate. But we are also in an era that is totally different in college football. And it's not going away anytime soon until there's a, more, a little more regulation that comes into play. And this is just how it works. Unfortunately, I don't like it. I'm old. I don't like change. But this is what we're dealing with. And, but the University of Oklahoma, if Caleb Williams leaves, and we, none of us want to see that, but whether it's Dylan Gabriel whether it's Cameron Ward, the kid you mentioned, uh, Parker from uh, Incarnate Word, uh, OU is going to end up with a good quarterback. It may not be Caleb Williams' quality, you know, initially, but um, the Sooners are going to be fine. And I'm excited about the rest of the the way the team's going to come together in terms of Jerry Schmidt being back. I think they'll be better, uh, you know, in terms of uh, their fit, their toughness, their physicality. I think they're going to be better on defense. And I'm curious to see, you know, Jeff Levy's offense. And by the way, don't evaluate Jeff Levy's offense. Uh, well, Dave Aranda owns Jeff Levy, too. Uh, Matt Corral went out, all right, early in the game. And look, it's it's a one-game deal. People overreact on everything. All right, we'll get back to more of your texts. We have John Williams coming up, Sooners Wire from USA Today. Brandon Rabar also coming up at 120 next hour. John Williams at 135. We want to get all your texts in as well. Let's talk about some of those uh, big-time bowl games we saw the last two or three days. We'll do that when we get back. But this is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Smart decision. What a performance by Oklahoma State on uh, New Year's Day and the New Year's Six. Biggest win in school history. I felt the same way. Mike Gundy said it afterwards. I, I couldn't think of a bigger win that I've ever seen Oklahoma State come up with. You beat a tradition-rich program like Notre Dame. You were down 28-7 to in that football game. Notre Dame was 79-0 and when leading by 21 or more points in their history. And uh, Notre Dame's history book is very thick. 
It's uh, it's not the thickest in college football history. It's right up there. There's no doubt about it. And uh, that was just a great performance by Oklahoma State to come back. And then you get Parker Thune, uh, some of these plays down the stretch, Brennan Presley's fumble uh, going into the end zone, Spencer Sanders, who played great. And then you thought, oh, my gosh, Spencer Sanders has done it. He's fumbled the ball away, you know, uh, where the Cowboys were, were getting ready to put that game, you know, in the win column. Uh, yet they were able to get it done. Unbelievable uh, Oklahoma State victory in the Fiesta Bowl. It was uh, it was a great game, and then you had the Rose Bowl right after that, which was unbelievable. But uh, what a year for the Cowboys. What a special team that turned out to be for Oklahoma State. And it makes all the sense in the world, right, why Mike Gundy stuck around in the face of rumors for years and years and years that – he was going to go to LSU or go to Tennessee or go to Arkansas or what have you. No, Mike Gundy has built something at Oklahoma State. And in my mind, Mike, he's built the program that is going to be the premier football institution in the new Big 12. And yep, I agree. Obviously, what you have to do now that you've ascended to the pinnacle is you're going to have to vie with Dave Aranda for the years ahead because it looks like Dave Aranda is in it for the long haul at Baylor, which is <laughs> it's kind of weird that that's the situation we're in because you didn't figure that you would ever be talking about a high-end college football coach being in it for the long haul at Baylor University. But mad props to Dave Aranda and the job that he's done in just two seasons at Baylor, and he's clearly building something special as well. But the way that Mike Gundy has recruited, the way that he's assembled his staff over the years, the way that he has demonstrated his loyalty to Oklahoma State University time and time again, it is going to be tough to deny this guy and this program anything in the new Big 12. And I think it is pretty clear at this point in time that they are going to be the team that everybody is coming for, more so than Baylor. And that's not to say that I don't like where Baylor's headed or that I don't like well where they'll be a few years down the road because man, you got the I think you got the makings of a really cool budding rivalry uh, especially at the coaching level between Mike Gundy and Dave Aranda at Oklahoma State and at Baylor going forward, but man, Oklahoma State just they have the edge in every capacity in my mind over Baylor based on what they did in the year 2021 and what they have going forward to work with if indeed they're able to maintain stability and keep Mike Gundy in the orange on the sidelines. Yeah, and what's weird, sometimes in life you run into a situation like this when you get uh, all of a sudden surprised, shocked at a development, uh, whether it's a breakup, whether it's a loss of a job or something like that. Sometimes if you just let the smoke clear and the dust settle, you actually wind up in in a better situation. Now, for Oklahoma State financially, it's not going to be a better situation. But in terms of not being in Oklahoma's shadow, Mike Gundy's record isn't always going to be talked about with the yeah, but what about Bedlam? You know, and he's beaten Oklahoma with this win this year three times. Um, but I think the Cowboys are in a great situation for the future. I agree with you. If Aranda's there, Baylor's not going to be a pushover, obviously. Cincinnati coming aboard is going to be a factor as well. But they're well uh, poised to be the team 
that could be the, the new team to beat in the new Big 12 when it finally gets here. I love what Mike Gundy said on the postgame podium. Let's play that. You know, they beat arguably still. I know Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship in a long time, but when you talk about, I mean, how many movies have been made about other schools out there? You know, I'm talking about really good big-time movies like Newt Rockney, All-American, and uh, Rudy Two big movies, you know, not like some Netflix deal. Like the Brandon uh, Burlesworth uh, story was on there, and it, it was a good story and everything. But I'm talking about really big, well-known movies. Notre Dame, Touchdown, Jesus, the the Golden Helmets, the Golden, all of that. Uh, great history and a big-time, well-known logo. But Mike Gundy was talking about his school's logo afterwards, which I thought was great. One message to the team was is, I understand Notre Dame, I understand their tradition, I understand the helmet and the logo, but we got a logo too. We've been working on one for 18 years. And and we want everybody in the country to know, with all due respect, we got a logo too. Love it. Good stuff from Mike Gundy. I I think that you're looking at uh, Mike Gundy, and he's had his flirtations before. As you mentioned, Parker, with other schools, I, he's going to be a lifelong Cowboy. I can't see him going anywhere else. I don't know how much longer he'll coach, but uh, Mike Gundy's in a really good spot right now. Um, what do you think? Do you think Oklahoma State is in a better spot than they've ever been? And if you're, if you're talking simply dollars and cents, you know they're not going to be making as much without Oklahoma and Texas in the league, but every other part of that equation looks better to me for Oklahoma State. Yeah, it does, and I think the other thing that they have working in their favor, right, Mike, is the fact that in the new Big 12, it's not going to be them going up against a bunch of pushovers, right? You're going to have TCU. They're going to have some upward mobility. They're going to get back to where they've been historically. Uh, they'll be in an 8-9 and nine win program, I would imagine, within a couple of years. Obviously, we just talked about Baylor and how good they can be under Dave Aranda. Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati just made the college football playoff for the first time in the history of the group of five out of the AAC. And so uh, you think about Dana Holgerson and a Houston team that won 11 games this season. There's going to be a lot of talent. And I guess, no, Dana Holgerson and Houston won 12 games with the bull victory over Auburn. But uh, there's going to be a lot of talent and a lot of depth in the new Big 12. And so... I don't get the sense that the Big 12 is going to be a pushover league, right? We're not going to be talking about the Power Four. It's still going to be the Power Five. And granted, there will be questions in the first couple of years that we have the new Big 12. Is oh, well, you know, is it really as good as it was back when they had Oklahoma and Texas? But I really do believe a lot of those questions will be settled a few years in once everybody realizes that, no, Mike Gundy's got a team and Dave Aranda's got a team and Luke Fickle's got a team that – is capable of playing with the big boys in the SEC and the likes of a Notre Dame and the likes of an Ohio State, for instance. Yeah, Mike Gundy's like the uh, the, the kid in high school who's a really a good kid, great kid, you know, all of that. But his family, you know, he doesn't have like the cool car or the big money that the kid, you know, who's got the trust fund already and gets to date the really hot cheerleader because he's got all the money and all of that stuff. And that's OU right there. And that kid has left the neighborhood. So now, Mike Gundy, it's it's you. It is all you. 
and you don't have to worry about that kid anymore to a certain extent. And I, I just think for Oklahoma State, look, I, and I hope we get some Bedlam games. We may not get them for a while, uh, but I, I hope that we do. But like I've always said to Oklahoma State fans, and I look, I totally get the frustration when you feel like you have a good team, and then here we go, Oklahoma again, and then you lose. And this year, obviously, you get the dub. But for Mike Gundy to be judged on his Bedlam record, I always thought was, again, and he should have been better. Uh, he should have, you know, like six wins maybe against Oklahoma, five or six at least. Um, I'm Probably six would be about the top. But still, uh, Oklahoma has had better facilities, more money, and more pr- tradition, and that's hard to overcome. And Mike Gundy has done an unbelievable job, and Oklahoma State has a really good football program. And you know what I like about this team? They were a team. They were a team. Did they have some really good players? Yes. But they didn't have – there's nobody just jumping off the charts as just a surefire NFL guy. Uh, but you've got guys like Malcolm Rodriguez and Tay Martin and Spencer Sanders played well, and Jalen Warren was better than everybody expected. And those guys played for each other. You know, this year I didn't get the feeling the Sooners really did that as much. Part of that was probably Muleshoe with one foot halfway out the door. But uh, that that's a team that you got to root for, man. I, I've i always uh, rooted for the state schools, and, man, it was hard not to root for that team this year because they, they really were. They played as a team. All right, let's take a break right here. Uh, your text, again, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get some more of those in, 405-651-3439. Your thoughts on the Caleb Williams situation. We'll talk more about that with John Williams coming up next hour. Sooners Wire presented by USA Today. When we get back, last game tonight for Big Ben in the Steel City at Heinz Field and Baker and the Browns already out of playoff contention. We'll talk about the NFL and the Monday night matchup coming up. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, little good times, bad times from Zeppelin. And, uh, folks, we'll see what's going to happen with Caleb Williams in the portal. Uh, we've been talking about it. Would not be surprised to see that happen. But as Parker uh, said, that would not mean that Caleb Williams isn't coming back to Oklahoma. And it may just be part of the process to, uh, to look at other options. And uh, we'll see. We will see. But Sooner fans, you know, they're going to they're gonna freak. They're going to freak it's in Redden. So, uh, well, we don't want to play for us. And you can use good riddance. You know, and uh, again, does that mean uh, what it does show is that he is not obviously completely committed to Oklahoma, but it doesn't mean he would leave the University of Oklahoma. So let's see if it happens and how it plays out if it does happen. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, you will never enter the casino portal when you commit to Riverwind Casino because they're the one. They are the one. You like to win money. You like to eat well. You like to see a great concert. You like a great hotel. It's all there. It's all there. Riverwind is the five-star. And they've got a great promotion happening, the $80,000 Rockin' and Reelin' promotion, Friday night drawings in January. Play with your wild card today to get five times the entries for the drawing on Friday night from 6 to 1130. 
They have uh, three names they draw out, three patrons' names every half hour from 6 to 11.30, so you'll have a chance to hear your name called when some cash and bonus play when uh, you hear your name called. And then they also announce uh, two grand prize winners uh, just before midnight on Friday night. So Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, is the one. And get out there and play with your wild card today to get uh, five times entries for every five points you get on your wild card and have a greater chance of hearing your name called uh, during the drawing on Friday night. All right, so NFL yesterday, Antonio Brown rage quits in the uh, Bucks-Jets game. The Bengals win the AFC North. What a job by Zach Taylor, former Norman Tiger. Unbelievable. A tough loss for Kansas City that probably is going to cost them home field advantage. Cardinals beat the Cowboys at Jerry World yesterday. Kyler Murray, uh, 9-0 and now at Jerry World, going all the way back to his days with the uh, the Allen Eagles there and all the Texas uh, high school state playoff games. How about how about this, um, Parker? Jalen Hurts and the Eagles going to the postseason. How about that? Who would have imagined that would have been going on when this team started the season two and five, right? Who would have figured yeah. we'd be sitting Props here to him, man. right after the new year in 2022 and saying, yep, lock it in. The Eagles are headed to the postseason. But here we are, and Jalen Hurts has done a tremendous job as the starting quarterback for that franchise, and mm-hmm. I know Nick Sirianni took a lot of flack, right? Because if anybody has ever lost his opening press conference, Nick Sirianni did. But you can't argue with the results, and the Eagles are going to be a playoff team at nine and seven. Yeah, and uh, you know there there are a lot of athletes who get up to the podium on a press conference situation, and uh, you know they talk the talk, but do they walk the walk? Jalen Hurts is one of those guys who talks about keeping the main thing the main thing, right? And that's what he does. He lives that man. He lives it. And uh, again, he has surprised me as an NFL quarterback. He's not a star. But he's a good, solid NFL quarterback, and he's taking the Eagles to the postseason. So the uh, Browns at the Steelers tonight for Monday Night Football. The Browns were officially eliminated from the uh, playoff race uh, yesterday with the Bengals win and the Chargers beating the Broncos. The Steelers will be eliminated with a loss to Cleveland tonight. Uh, Big Ben's last stand tonight, Parker, and uh, maybe this is it for Baker Mayfield uh, these last two games. Uh, it feels inevitable, doesn't it? Like, as you evaluate the situation, you really don't see a circumstance in which Baker Mayfield is back as the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns in the year 2022, which sucks, right? Because I think he's been dealt a really tough hand there. And I think he's actually done a lot more admirable of a job than people would like to admit. But. Yeah, he's a guy that's going to have to go elsewhere, it looks like, if he's going to rehab his stock as an NFL starting quarterback. So, man, the quarterback black hole that is Cleveland strikes again. We thought Baker Mayfield would break the trend. It looked like he would for two or three seasons, and then here we are. It's the end of year four, and once again, Cleveland is poised to run off another quarterback that came to that organization with hopes and expectations that he was going to be the guy to end the jersey right the infamous jersey yeah if it is going to be the end for baker in these last two games they have the Bengals at home uh, to close out the regular season obviously they're not going to the playoffs as we said uh and they play the steelers tonight in the monday night football game in pittsburgh but at least he will have led them to a winning record you know last year and to the postseason, it's not like the Baker Mayfield era, if he is done in Cleveland, was a complete failure. 
Uh, he did some stuff there. Not enough, it doesn't look like, but he wasn't a complete, total failure. All right, another hour to go. Keep it right here on The Ref. It's time for the Steelman and Thune at noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Pulse and Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Jumping into our second hour, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, with you here on the home of Sooner fans, the Rep Radio Network. Hope your Monday's going well. Still a little chilly out there, but the sun's out and shining here in uh, lovely Norman America. Uh, how do you feel about the new year, Parker? Were you a big New Year's Eve guy? I don't think you would be. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Mike. What I look forward to the most about the New Year's festivities is the New Year's mm-hmm. Six. So I just take it as an excuse to watch bowl games and eat snack food guilt-free. Yes, I agree with that, man. I agree with that. And, uh, of course, I've been out. Um, I'm out today. I'm doing this from home. You probably sound a little bit congested because I am, and I, uh, Omicron got me. But you know what? I'm fighting it. I don't feel horrible. I just feel uh, more irritated than anything else. But um, so I was trying to stay, you know, keep my distance from Shea, obviously, but watch as many games as I could. And we were watching uh, Breaking Bad also, ran that back again. My favorite series of all time, by the way. But um, it is so fun to watch uh, some really good, you know, particularly, uh, you know, you can't say enough about, you know, the Fiesta Bowl. And the Rose Bowl. I mean, they were both unbelievable. Just a fantastic game. So that was a lot of fun. But but the new year, how do we feel now? It's you know We're well into the new year. We're three days in. Remember Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm when he went to the gym? Here's what he said to the lady about, you know, New Year's and how you should handle it. Happy New Year. Eh, it's a little late, frankly, for the Happy New Year's, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too long. Uh, statute of limitations is kind of run out on the new year. Three days. Plenty. Three days. By the way, everything doesn't have to be happy. Well, why does everything have to be happy? See, there you go. Uh, but So I guess you have a window until midnight tonight, the Larry David rule, three days. There is a worse situation than that, though, and that's the guy or the person who, like, if it's your, you're at a holiday party, like a Christmas party after Christmas, like on the December 27th or 28th or something like that, the person who says, hey, guess what? I'll see you next year. Yeah, that those people are the worst. They're they actually are. certifiably it's the like, worst. Like, nothing. That's, you know how many times that's been said over the years? Okay, don't even think about going there. Don't even think about it. But there's always that guy. That guy's always there, right? I, I you have to you have to realize, right? Or do you not? Are you just oblivious to the fact that you have a completely flavorless sense of humor at that point? Well, and not only that, I don't th- even think you can say it ironically anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't say it in a joke. Like if I looked at you and say, "Hey, Parker, I'll see you next year," you know that not that's not even funny anymore. You know. 
These are the things that I think about that are very important in the way that we go about our everyday lives. The big picture things like that, like that's really important. All right. Uh, do you want to go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line because uh, – Caleb Williams yeah, is yeah. Let's, dominating let's, the text line. Let's go ahead and go there. And, uh, well, also Todd Bates as well. I mean, how <laughs> how hilarious is it, Mike, that Oklahoma just hired a very, very well-respected new assistant coach an hour and 15 minutes ago, and we're not talking about it at all because it's all been overshadowed by Caleb Williams and his impending decision. But – now, I'll tell you what, if you go to the text line, one of our listeners says Oklahoma must have just hired a real good coach in Todd Bates because Clemson, Clemson fans are not happy with Brent Venables. Yeah, well, um, you know, uh, these things aren't easy, right? And um, I think Dabo has so much respect for Brent. He was shouting out Brent and Tony Elliott after uh, – uh, they won their bowl game, of course, against Iowa State. So uh, sometimes, I mean, Todd Bates spent probably more time with Brent Venables, right, in those defensive meetings than he did with Dabo overall. And apparently, they were very close. And uh, that's a that's a great get for uh, for OU, no doubt. Michigan Sooner says. I'm at the point where would I like to have Caleb Williams back? Absolutely. I think there's a drop-off with any other option under center. However, I'm so excited about the future of OU football. I'm ready to roll with whoever wants to be here. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of sentiment out there like that, too. Now, don't get me wrong. People want to see Caleb Williams stay at OU, but I don't think they will totally, uh, you know, jump off the top floor of the building when this comes out, if it comes out that he's leaving. Now, they're, you know, in the world of social media, there are going to be people that are going to be going crazy. And if the news comes out again that he's in the portal, Parker, that may just be, again, the beginning of him opening up the process of exploring his options. Because if you really and truly want to explore your options, aren't you supposed to go about it that way? Yes, you are. Right? I mean, you are. So if he jumps in the portal, it may just be a process of him saying, okay, if I, if I really want to explore my options and, and see what else is out there, I've got to do it this way. It doesn't mean I don't come back to Oklahoma. But, you know, there are going to be so many uh, OU fans that just absolutely flip out if this happens. I am surprised, though, I will tell you, because you and I talked about it. We were both feeling extremely confident that, Caleb Williams was, I think I said I was at like 96% at one point. But uh, based on what he said after the Alamo Bowl victory over Oregon, um, it was clear that he wasn't 100% on board with OU. And I don't think it's anything against Brent Venables or or Jeff Lebby or, you know. uh, But, again, these players, keep in mind, they they also don't trust totally – because how many times you think Lincoln Riley told him that he was going to be at Oklahoma for a long time? Well, I know for a fact that Lincoln Riley told a lot of people that repeatedly. Well, so. he's a liar. <laughs> Lincoln Riley, Mule Shoe is a flat-out liar. He's not who he thought he was. I'm not saying he's an evil human, but I'm saying that he's he, the dude can't be trusted. You don't hire anybody from tech. The only thing is that visor... I wish it, well, the timing wasn't right, but I think the visor 
uh, going on on Lincoln's bald head, balding head, is doesn't have the same feel as when Bob Stoops officially passed the visor in San Antonio. <sighs> Mike, oh, here's the, here's the thing. I feel like there's a uh, there's a very significant contingent of the fan base, and I'm about here as well, where it's just like, you know, whether Caleb Williams is back or whether he's not, and obviously you'd hope that he comes back because there is no quarterback that you could bring in via the transfer portal or via the recruiting process that is going to be an upgrade over Caleb Williams. But regardless of whether he's back or whether he's not, uh, just just let this end. <laughs> you know, just get make a decision and mm-hmm. – whether yeah. or not it's staying or leaving, let Brent Venables and his staff and all the personnel that push the buttons at the University of Oklahoma start to get a sense for what they're going to have in their corner when the 2022 season begins. And look, I think Caleb Williams has earned the right to have a little bit of space and approach this process deliberately, right? Because Caleb Williams could have hit the portal the second that Muleshoe left, right? And nobody would have faulted yeah. him for it. Absolutely yeah, nobody. Because right. it was not a secret that Muleshoe was the primary reason that Caleb Williams committed to Oklahoma in the first place. So nobody is going to fault Caleb Williams if he jumps in the portal right off the bat as soon as Muleshoe's out the door. But Oh, they'll fault him. They'll fault him. They will fault him. Some people will. You know that. Now, people who are – if you're talking about, like, uh, the people who can – take a step back and see the situation he's in. You're right, but not everybody on social media. There'll there'll be some people like, well, like I said, good riddance, all right? We don't need you. Yeah, and again, I think everybody's eager to just know one way or the other whether Caleb Williams is back in 2022, but you have to respect the way that he and his family have gone about this whole process because, like I said, Absolutely nobody could have faulted Williams if he'd have jumped in the portal the second that Muleshoe announced he was going to USC. But he didn't. He finished out the season with his teammates. He played the bowl game. Now he's enjoying a well-deserved vacation, and he's going to have the opportunity to evaluate his options if he indeed chooses to hit the portal. And we will find out whether all other factors removed from the equation, including Muleshoe, if Caleb Williams really feels like Oklahoma is the best place for him. And whether that happens or not is anybody's guess. No doubt. All right. Thank you to our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or a truck. Remember, oil changes and engines for life on uh, newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost. Thank you to uh, Seth Wadley and the Seth Wadley Auto Group for sponsoring our second hour here on Steel Man and Thune. Well, afternoon. Brandon Rabar coming up next segment. Okay, so let's say the doomsday clock hits midnight and Caleb Williams leaves OU. Who do you want? Would you rather have Dylan Gabriel or Cameron Ward? Now, Dylan Gabriel's played D1 football Cameron Ward's from Incarnate Ward, which is in San, San Antonio, I believe, right? Yeah. But it, there's a lot of buzz around this kid. What do you think? Well, I, can I choose neither? Because, to be honest with you, Mike, the guy that I want, and I think the guy that Oklahoma will be best served to pursue, is Casey Thompson. Well, yeah, that's true. Casey Thompson, you know, and a lot of people feel 
those are just two of the names. Uh, you know, particularly Cameron Ward has come out because a lot of, you know, I think Arizona, some other schools have offered him. Um, but Casey Thompson, a lot of people feel like he's waiting on that Caleb Williams decision, right? Yeah, and I don't think it's any particular secret, right? Casey Thompson has always kind of wanted to be a Sooner. And you know what's ironic, Mike, is that Casey Thompson would have been a Sooner if Muleshoe hadn't told him the truth. Because the only reason that Casey went to the University of Texas over Oklahoma is because he asked Muleshoe straight up, can you promise me that you're going to be here throughout the duration of my college career if I commit to Oklahoma? And Muleshoe told him no. So and that's why he went Mule, to Texas. Muleshoe Mule was telling the truth at some point. Is that what you're telling me? At a certain point, yes, he was telling the truth. Wow. Maybe that's why he started lying all the time. Maybe, right? Did you see the – is this a real story? Because I think it is. There was a uh, – I guess, you know, sometimes there are fakes on Twitter. I don't know. But the, the thing that I saw was Mule Shoe at a Mexican restaurant, like Home for the Holidays, like some Mexican restaurant in Amarillo. And there were, I guess they sent a picture out, unless I've been totally duped on this. And they – shut down their account because it got ratioed so much. Did you see that? <laughs> I did not see that, no. Help me out, people, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Am I imagining this? Was I fooled on this? But I thought, you know, in my COVID haze Saturday that I saw there was some Mexican establishment that apparently he was at in Texas. Because Mule Shoe's, what, like an hour from Amarillo or something, maybe? Like that? Yeah, that's right. So... Anyway, apparently there was a picture tweeted out, and it got just, you know, the OU fans killed it, of course, and, like, they shut their account down, or they changed it or something. Unless, like I said, maybe I was dreaming in a Omicron haze. I don't know, but I think it actually happened. All right, uh, we'll get back to your texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. That's 405 405- 651-3439. When we get back, big-time performance by Josh Giddy, Historical, and the Thunder still lost. It's a win-win. We'll talk to Brandon Rabar about it when we get back here on The Ref. You're in, tone, in tune uh, with the homeless Sooner fans. Keep it here. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. 57330. All right, we have Brandon Rabar joining us, DailyThunder.com. The Thunder uh, last night taking on the Dallas Mavericks, and they lose the game 95-86, to but the, uh, the story of the game was what Josh Giddy did, the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double. 17 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists, made 3 of 5 from three-point range, 7 of 16 from the floor. Really looked tremendous. Uh, that uh, mark was formerly held by LaMelo Ball, but now it is uh, Josh Giddy, who uh, is the youngest player in the history of the association to record a triple-double. And uh, kind of the good news on that in this bizarro world we're living in, Brandon Rabar, is that the Thunder... Uh, you know, that was something for people to get very excited about. They love Josh Giddy here, and th- yet they still lost the game. So that's a great situation. Yeah, it's kind of best of both worlds, right? You get to see history in the making from a young core member who's going to be here in Oklahoma City for the next decade. 
you see all this promise, this potential, but you still lose the game, so you still better your odds to, to add to that talent and maybe get a top-four selection in the upcoming draft, which is a stacked draft. And maybe you add a Chet Holmgren or a Paolo Bancaro or Jabari Smith Jr. next to Josh Giddy and SGA and Lou Dorp. But, yeah, Josh Giddy was phenomenal last night. I mean, and he made history in style. It wasn't just one of those, you know, 12, 10, 10 triple-doubles. Like you said, 17, 13, 14, that's, that's a big boy's triple-double. That's, that's a real triple-double. And, and I, I just can't say enough about Josh Giddy. And he's doing this as the second youngest player in the entire NBA. Now, you mentioned what Giddy did. And, Brandon, as you take a look at the Thunder lineup as a whole, obviously Shea Gilgis-Alexander didn't play, so Giddy kind of carrying the load. You got Ty Jerome with 12 points, Isaiah Roby with 12 points. So uh, it just seems like every single week, Brandon, when we talk to you, it's a different couple of role player type of guys chipping in to get the Thunder a victory. And it seems like, you know, to their credit, uh, they're, they're, tank, they're starting to tank effectively enough, right? Because it's not as if the wheels are falling off and there's a lot of reason for optimism. But at the same time, and we mentioned it at the top, they're playing well. They're getting good performances from Josh Giddy and from Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But they're not winning enough to the point where they're rising out of uh, that lottery territory. So uh, what do you think, as you kind of look at the Thunder's roster as a whole, who are some of the guys that you'd term role players that you think have a long-term future with this team beyond this year that you think the Thunder can keep around as pieces alongside the stars like Giddy and SGA? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I think that the three slam dunk, without a doubt, core members of this team are SGA, Josh Giddy, and Lou Dort. So to me, everyone else is a role player. And, you know, the, the top guys, it's crazy, to me are all rookies. I mean, between Jeremiah Robinson Earl as a second-round guy, how well he showed as, as a stretch big and his potential on both ends of the floor, kind of just your perfect, like, role-playing uh, glue guy. But then also Aaron Wiggins has scored in double digits each of the last five games. He actually has the top two point performances from any Thunder rookie with 24 points and 22 points, both of those coming in the last five games. And then, um, you know, Trey Mann, people forget about him because he's been hurt and he gets COVID, things like that, kind of had some limited minutes to begin the season. But his offensive scoring bag may be the best of the bunch. So I think all those rookies are are guys to keep around. I still like Ty Jerome as a kind of a facilitating combo guard, scoring, shooting guy off the bench. And I think Kenrich Williams and Mike Muscala, I think, you know, when when you talk, the Thunder obviously trade a lot. And Derek Favors, I think, is, is kind of the guy you look at this season. But I think that they'd really like to keep Mike Muscala and Kenrich Williams around as kind of leaders and vet role players on the next playoff team for the Thunder. So to me, those are the guys. You know, you look at the rookie class and uh, Josh leads the rookie class in uh, assists. He's sixth in scoring behind. You've got Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner has been really good for Orlando, Chris Duarte uh, with Indiana, the kid out of Oregon. Uh, but Josh Giddy, man, I'm telling you, um, you know, he's so young and he's only going to get better. And he's a, 
he's a uh, basketball IQ guy. You know, he's he's already at the genius level there, and once he becomes a little more consistent with his outside shot, which at times looks really good. I mean, it's, and it doesn't look ugly when he releases it. Uh, this kid's only going to get better and better, it looks like, Brandon. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I'm glad you brought it up because he hit three of five from three-point range last night, which is, you know, fantastic. And you talk about his all-around game. Last night, he became the youngest player also. This is a crazy stat. To lead both teams in a basketball game in scoring, rebounding, and assist. He scored more than Luka. He rebounded more than Luka. And he assisted more than Luke last night. He actually led both teams in steals as well with four steals. His defense has probably been, you know, very underrated to me this season as well. And it's funny, the the player whose record he broke, who had done that before, was actually Luka Doncic. So playing against Luka, he broke one of Luka's records. I mean, he was just phenomenal last night. To me, it was the best overall game from a rookie this season. That includes all the Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes games, any Jalen Green games, Kate Cunningham games. He was that good. And the last thing I'll say, even without SGA and Lou Dort up against Luka, he was a positive six in the plus minus. So when Giddy was on the court, even though he was sharing with all these rookies and, and role players, the Thunder outscored the mass. So just an all-around impressive game from Giddy. Brandon, I want to ask you about the coach. Mark Dagnall, because I'm not sure that's a topic that we have approached uh, as we've had you on regularly throughout the season. What do you think of the job that he's doing in his second year as the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder? Uh, I think in both of his seasons, the Thunder had one goal, to competitively, for lack of a better word, tank. So you're trying to, to put out an entertaining, high-potential team that ultimately loses and gives your team a better chance for a high draft pick, and Dagnalt has nailed that. I don't know that he could do any better a job, except maybe the first half of last year when they won too much uh, before SGA and Al Horford got shut down. So he's doing exactly what the Thunder want him to do. Uh, you know, it's it's so hard to gauge when the Thunder become a playoff team, when they become a contending team again. You know, how does he fit with that team? We don't know. We just, we just haven't seen it. But – from all appearances, I think that Martin Dagnall is the real deal. He seems to be a high IQ guy that the players really love. So he seems to be a, a player's coach, but he also knows the X's and O's really well. I'm, I, I think that the Thunder have a good one in, in Martin Dagnall. Okay, Brandon Rabar, the important stuff outside of uh, Thunder basketball. Um, how will you react if you see Caleb Williams hit the portal? Man, I, I will be bummed. I will say I uh, I'll be angry at Lincoln Riley all over again. We don't speak his name, Brandon. We don't speak his name. My bad. My bad. bad. That's right. I'm sorry. Uh, Tebow. T-B-O-W, I guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, look, I've kind of gotten over it. And, you know, OU has had a lot of positive things happening lately over the past month. You know, all this good news and the good vibes from Bob Stoops and and then the win against Oregon, so if Caleb Williams enters the transfer portal, it'll kind of, you know, to me that was the biggest thing when when the dude left. I was like, okay, but what about Caleb? I mean, that's more important. The players are more important. Bob Stewart is absolutely right. The players are what makes OU, and, you know, I felt like if Caleb stuck around, all right, that's fine. 
oh, you still going to be, you know, a, a team that's going to contend. Uh, I'll be, I'll be really, really bummed out if he ends up, you know, entering the portal. Okay, so but you won't be good riddance guy on Twitter though, right? No, I won't be good. Okay, look, just want to make sure. Kids, these are kids, and you know, ultimately, I think he'll he'll do what's best for us. He feels his best for his future, and if he feels like that's entering the portal, okay, he did so much good, you know, as a teenager, a twenty year old for for the Sooners. You know, all the recruiting and all the goodwill. He's been such a great ambassador while he's been here. No, I won't be a good Renan's guy. There you go. That's good to know, Brandon. I, I didn't think you would yep. be. I just wanted to check and make sure. You never know. No. I mean, you never know. All right, Brandon, we always appreciate your time. You you never say no to us, and that's that's good. You, I think you get a 100% uh, record with us. That's impressive. Sweet. You're like All the right. uh, Cal Ripken Jr. Of, of this show when it comes to Thunder basketball. You're always ready to go. All right, buddy. Oh. We'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. You guys have a good one. Brandon Rabar, DailyThunder.com, joining us here on uh, the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network on a Monday. All right, we've got John Williams coming up, Sooner's Wire, presented by USA Today, and we will talk to him about the Caleb Williams situation. How about, did you see Miguel Chavis's tweets? <laughs> Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. We aren't leaving the defense in South Carolina, baby. <laughs> there we go, and- Miggy. It's Coach Chavis, good. he is he's, he's, he's got the the Brent Vittables graphic and all the uh uh Coach V's defense leads the nation in sacks and TFLs, tackles for losses, uh since two thousand twelve. I understand he's quite the character. All right, we'll take a break right here, come back. John Williams coming up next, keep it here. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Yes, here he is. It is John Williams, Sooner's Wire, presented by USA Today. Joining us here on uh, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, on this Monday. John, we appreciate your time. What do you think about all uh, this buzz about Caleb Williams uh, perhaps getting ready to enter the transfer portal which Parker and I were, were talking about earlier, if he's truly going to evaluate his options, this is maybe just the, the, the initial step in that process if it happens and doesn't necessarily mean that he's gone from Norman. Yeah, we've already seen a couple guys enter the transfer portal and return in DOEs and Trey Walker, or sorry, Bray Walker, excuse me, and so you hope that that's going to be the case for Caleb Williams. He's just going to go out there, kind of see what's out there, uh, feel out a few situations, and then hopefully return. Uh, you know, I feel like my confidence level that he's back has waned a bit, even though I'm still leaning toward him returning to Oklahoma. It's, it's not as, confidence as confident as it was maybe a month ago. Now, John, I know the Alamo Bowl isn't too far in the rearview mirror, so the Caleb Williams stuff aside, and obviously he was tremendous against Oregon in that Alamo Bowl victory, but heading into 2022, who were some guys that, based on their performance in that Alamo Bowl, you really gained a lot of confidence in or that maybe caught your eye and caused you to go, hey, okay, like that guy might be due for some more playing time come 2022? 
I think just on the defensive side of the ball, one of my bigger concerns heading into 2022 is going to be the pass rush. You, you lose Nick Bonito, Perrion Winfrey, and Isaiah Thomas, and you're like, okay, now what are they going to do? Well, Marcus Stripling really stepped up and showed out in that game and, and gave me a lot of confidence that, okay, they've got a guy that's a bona fide pass rusher. Uh, they'll be able to send off the edge. Ethan Downs, he showed the promise that I think a lot of people have expected uh, to see out of him um, you know, in his, in his freshman season. And so that, that's on the defensive side of the football. That was very encouraging. On the offensive side, I'm wondering how in the world did they not get Eric Gray more involved uh, in the last eight games of the season? The guy only averaged a little more than three touches per game um, during the final eight. And at a time, especially against like Iowa State, Baylor, when they really needed an offensive spark, they kept him kind of in their back pocket. And it, it just constantly surprised me. But he really he performed really, really well uh, with an increase in touches. And then Marcus Major as well. I know we got some really uh, good young players coming in to the 2022 class. Uh, Gavin Sachek and Javante Barnes, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what Marcus Major is going to be able to do as part of a potential tandem with Eric Gray in that running back backfield. The guy ran hard. He ran quick. I, I felt like it was a really, really nice change of pace uh, from the methodical running style of Kennedy Brooks and then the kind of the quick slashing style of Eric Gray. I thought Marcus Major's appearance uh, against Oregon was really impressive and, and provided just a lot of optimism, I think, for, for the future. John Williams with us on uh, The Ref here on this Monday, Sooners Wire, presented by USA Today. Okay, um, how about the staff right now with the news again that uh, Brent Venables is adding uh, Todd Bates, um, you know, as the the D-line coach, uh, leaving Clemson to come to Oklahoma. There's one uh, spot left, and that's the cornerback's coach that's expected to be uh, the guy from Alabama. What are you thinking about this staff he's putting together? Well, I think it's a great staff. He's he's done a really good job getting the the defensive, um, improving the defensive arms race, uh, so to speak. You know, getting guys like Todd Bates in. Who, you look at the NFL and you see interior defensive linemen with Clemson uh, alumni all over the place. You look at Christian Wilkins up in uh, New York, and that's just a, a unit that's been really really good for Clemson over the years. And so it's really encouraging to be able to bring in a guy with his bona fides uh, to Norman. And then with Jay Valai, I'm, I'm more curious about this one. He's a guy that's got a lot of respect uh, across the country, but he's been a lot of places. His history, if you just kind of look at his coaching history, uh, just in 2021 alone, he was with three different places. Uh, he spent about you know, 10, 11 days with Houston and a little bit shorter time with Philadelphia before landing on Nick Saban's spot at Alabama. So that one's a little more curious to me. I, um, I think it's going to be a good hire. You know, Brent Venables, I, I don't think he's missed yet. And so I'm, I'm encouraged, at least by this, by this opportunity. You know, he's got you know time in the NFL and in college, so he's he's got a diverse uh, experience. Um, and then he's he's a guy that ran his own kind of training facility as well. And so I think that's going to be interesting to see just how well is he able to get guys in to Norman and then develop them as well. I think he's taken over a, a talented group with Woody Washington and DJ Graham and, and Key Lawrence as well. Uh, he'll have some things to figure out on the back end, but. I think it's a talented group that he'll be able to work with that if he's able to kind of help them take their games to a new level, I think it'll be huge for Oklahoma's defense. They're good players. They haven't kind of reached their, their great player uh, ascendancy yet, but I don't know. Brent, Brent Venables just doesn't miss. It, it seems like every guy he's targeted has been a really, really nice hire and is going to be able to fit what he's trying to do there at Oklahoma. 
Okay, John, back to the Caleb Williams conversation because I want to know from you. Let's say the doomsday scenario comes to fruition and Caleb Williams isn't back in an Oklahoma uniform come the fall of 2022. Who do you want to see taking the snaps for the University of Oklahoma at the quarterback position if that's the case? Well, that's a really good question. and That's one I haven't really dove into just yet because – I feel like the top names that were of the quarterback position have already found new homes. And so um, you're going to have to get a little bit deeper. You know, Dylan Gabriel's off the board. Adrian Martinez is off the board. And so where does Oklahoma go from here? You know, Casey Thompson is a potential option. I think he's a gamer. I think he's a guy that's, that's got some toughness to him. Uh, does he fit with Jeff Levy? That's a, a great question. You know, and then you got the 2022 kid, Nick Evers, coming up. I'll, that'll be an interesting one to watch as well. It's it's one of those, I think I hadn't really resigned myself to the possibility that Caleb Williams would actually leave, so I haven't really dug in on too many of these guys just yet, but it's it's definitely going to be something to, to look into now as, as Oklahoma heads into the offseason. They're going to have to have an answer, a veteran answer, if they, if they want to contend for the Big 12 title in 2022. Okay, guys, uh, this one is one of my favorites from uh, Message Board Geniuses. This one came out from USC COVID alum. Okay. Interesting. Who, okay. Who, who thinks of it? You know what, honey? Why don't I put SC? I've had COVID, and I'm an alum. You could say I'm an alum of SC and COVID. Would that be a cute uh, name? Huh? <laughs> what do you think? Okay. Yeah, let's go with it. And here's what this genius said. I wonder when Lincoln hosts the barbecue recruiting event that usually occurs during the summer, if I'm not mistaken, will former OU players come, like Jalen, Baker, and Kyler, maybe CeeDee Lamb, Hollywood Brown, etc. <laughs> Only reason I say this is because they were great players under Riley, and you could argue that Riley played a huge role in their development. Or does he solely pursue former USC guys to come to the event? From USC COVID alum. He's not serious, no. right? No, I think he's serious. So apparently he thinks that Lincoln Riley just throws a barbecue, like, at his house or something. And, um, you know, I don't know how much house you can get even with mule shoes. Imagine money, actually believing know? that Baker Mayfield yeah. is going to be yeah. recruiting for USC. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all those guys, you know... I mean, it's like, oh, that was so good. So good. So did we ever get any verification? I heard, John, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, and maybe somebody uh, could back me up on the Air Camera Solutions text line. But it, unless it's the COVID haze that I've been in because I got Omicron, John, that's why I'm broadcasting from home today. I, I don't feel horrible, just a little bit congested. But I, it, either I was dreaming or I saw that Mule Shoe went back home, I guess, for the holidays and went out to a Mexican restaurant. I think it was in, Am in the Amarillo area, and they tweeted out a picture that he was there. And guess what? He got destroyed there, too. They find him wherever he goes. And that restaurant had to delete their Twitter account because they just get destroyed. So I don't think it's going to be ending anytime soon. Yeah, I'd, I'd they, love to miss they, that one. But that that restaurant, they, they missed out on the there's no such thing as bad PR. They should have kept it up. Maybe, maybe. And I need validation from somebody out there that I'm not crazy uh, because uh, I, I could have been dreaming that. 
in the uh, the haze that I was in a little bit, but I, I think it's real. I think it's real. Okay, John, uh, parting shot from you on the 2022 class, again, that uh, added Javante Barnes and just the job that, well, not only Brent Venables coming aboard and and all these guys did, but the, the, the solid that Bob Stoops did for them in rescuing this 2022 recruiting class, which continues to look better every day and may get some new additions coming in the spring too. Yeah, it's it's huge to be able to have a guy like Bob Stoops just kind of hanging around, you know, that he can step in and and keep the momentum afloat. And I I look I think back to that Monday press conference when they introduced him as uh, the interim head coach and think about just where everybody was emotionally on that Sunday afternoon when Riley left to where we were all 24 hours later after they reintroduced Bob Stoops as the interim head coach and I feel like just the emergence of the confidence that Bob Stoops exudes, it just made everybody feel so much better that regardless of the permanent coaching hire that they made, which they made a great one, that everybody felt really good about the direction of the program. And it is a credit to him who got back out on the recruiting trail, promoted the University of Oklahoma, and the assistant coaches that were still around, your DeMarco Murrays, your Joe John Finleys, your Kale Gundys, Bill Biedenboe, these guys that, that, that still, I mean, they they probably were going to be back, but nothing is certain until it's certain. And they were still out there you know, getting these guys committed, signed. Uh, and it was huge. Just to, to be able to recover that, that recruiting class was absolutely wonderful. And uh, they're, yeah, they're not done yet. You know, you look at a guy like Kobe McKenzie who's still out there recruiting, and, and he keeps throwing things out there on social media that they've they've got more guys coming. So uh, it's a class that's going to be really, really interesting to follow, and, and who knows what National Signing Day is going to look like. I know Parker's excited about it too, but it's going to be there's, there's going to be a lot of a lot of interesting names that might pop up for the Oklahoma Sooners that um, we haven't yet even heard about because of, of the work that Brent Venables is doing and, and some of those players in that class are doing as well. So exciting times for Oklahoma Sooners football ahead. John, as usual, we appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. All right. You guys have a great week. Feel better, Mike. All right. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. I, I really don't feel that bad. I, like I said, I, I feel more irritated than anything else. It's like having a kind of a, a cold that won't quite go away. I don't feel horrible at all. So, anyway, but I got to keep my distance, man. Got to keep my distance. All right, we're going to take a break right here. We've got one final segment coming up. Thanks to our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group for sponsoring our second hour here on Steelman and Thune. Don't forget oil changes and engines for life on new and used gas or uh, diesel at no additional cost. As I said, at no additional cost, three, well, that's four. Four great words that go together. Really good. All right, stay with us. One last segment to go here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Okay, welcome back. Closing it out. Riverwind Casino. I told you about the $80,000 Rockin' and Reelin' promotion. Uh, get out and play with your wild card today. Get five times the entries for the drawing on Friday. You want to go to the Super Bowl? Well, Riverwind can send you there now through January 29th. The top wild card members who earn the most points on specific, uh, specified gaming capital group machines 
will win Super Bowl trip prizes, including airfare, hotel stay, ground transportation, and two tickets to the 2022 Super Bowl matchup in L.A., valued at around $23,000. Plus, they'll also get $1,000 in cash. Uh, heck of a deal, super points and super plays. Underway now, that great promotion at Riverwind through January 29th. Uh, OU basketball, that was a... Uh, a gutsy win, I guess, Parker, the way to describe it, without uh, Tanner Groves and Jacob Groves and Bijan Cortez. Elijah Harkless uh, came up big with 21 points and seven rebounds, 19 for Mo Gibson. They held on. Uh, Harkless made the big shot for Oklahoma to beat Kansas State 71-69. Now they have to go to Baylor, the morning team in the country, tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, that's going to test this team's medal because we think we know what this Oklahoma basketball team is made of, right? Sitting at 11-2 and two and having earned some hard-fought victories, including those two huge ones over Florida and Arkansas. But, look, Kansas State is a team that you probably shouldn't have needed to go down to the wire to, Tanner Groves or no Tanner Groves. At the same time, you have to be encouraged by what Porter Moser and this team did throughout non-conference play and in a road environment against what is clearly the best team in America, you can't hold out too much hope that Oklahoma is going to win that game. But at the very least, it gives them a sense of just how viable of an opponent they're going to get in Baylor, how tough the Big 12 is going to be top to bottom, getting a chance to match up with the best of the best in the conference. And who knows, maybe Oklahoma is able to build some strong momentum tomorrow night down in Waco. Again, I'm not operating under the expectation expectation that they're going to win that basketball game but maybe they come back in a couple weeks when Baylor visits Norman and Porter Moser and his program can pull off a shocker because we saw them beat the Gators at home we saw them beat Arkansas in a neutral site atmosphere and so this is clearly a team that can play with the heavy hitters it's just at the end of the day Baylor is the heaviest of hitters and so Again, I don't think any Oklahoma fans should be operating under the expectation that they're going to go on the road and beat Baylor tomorrow. However, if they do, my goodness, that right there is a statement win for Porter Moser and his crew. Yeah, and and that would be a, a good showing. Tomorrow night would be nice, and yeah, if they could pull off an upset, uh, you know, obviously against Baylor when they return home, and who knows what, you never know what's really going to happen. And Baylor beat Iowa State, which was undefeated in Ames Saturday, 77, <coughs> sorry, uh, 72. So the Sooners and Baylor tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, I think we're running out of time to get to all our texts today. Thank you, though. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. It's going to be it, – you have a feeling this week is going to get very interesting. Yes, it will, you for know, a number of I, reasons. Yeah, I, I think that we'll probably see the uh, Caleb Williams portal stuff coming out um, sooner than later, pardon the pun. People are going to freak out when they really shouldn't be – Totally flipping out and knowing that that very well could just be part of the process and he comes back to Oklahoma. But it, with everything that Oklahoma fans have been through recently, you know, it's it's kind of like they're not equipped to handle that very well right now. They're, just they're emotionally the, damaged, yeah, Mike. Oh, no doubt about it. And the, they've been sued over by Bob Stoops and the hiring of Brent Venables and the staff he's putting together and everything. But it, it's kind of like having to deal with a second earthquake coming along, perhaps. We'll see. All right, we're out of time. We've got uh, Tyler and Teddy coming up next. By the way, thanks to Tyler for helping us out with audio today. Big time. 
because uh, I couldn't come in studio and, and cut sound today. But Tyler did it. That's what a team does right there. I'm on a team, a winning team. All right, stay tuned. The Rush is coming up next. See you tomorrow.